I know uh, uh, Stan uh, definitely always promoted the good value systems and things like that. Right. Well, this was for the uh, and and uh, it, and it was a very they were very elaborately well done. He did. Uh, Right, oh, here's a good one, folks. He did a commercial, no, a PSA, probably for uh, for blank, for uh, for guide dogs, and 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 and, free bird here, and, and, and and this was for guide dogs, and he had two people who were blind walking into the restaurant and having the guy, and they weren't going to be served. Can anybody tell me what the name of his two blind people were? Can I? Oh, shall we leave that open to listeners? Sure. Uh, and I'll give you a big hint. I, I, can, I, can I make a guess? Without mentioning the name, are these people very well associated with a certain hobby that we're all familiar with? Correct, and they are on Yesterday USA. Okay, I think that'll be a pretty easy question Correct. for people. That's a pretty easy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they were. They, he used John and Lori Gasman. Oh, did he use them? Yeah, well, he used their names. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, I know he me he mentioned them once. He mentioned the Gasman when Freeberg used to do his little. Three-minute commentary called Freebird here, which KNX aired and then some other stations aired it. Uh, he mentioned them on one of his commentaries, didn't he? Uh, Freebird here. He mentioned the gas. Did he really? Did not know that. I forgot what the context was, but he mentioned them. That, that, those were fun commentaries. He, <laughs> one I remember he did was he, he took to again going back to his relationship with his father. He took to task a a Bible publisher for trying to put uh, like w w references to God and saying he slash she and he, he didn't think much of that new interpretation and let, let people know in no uncertain terms <laughs> how silly he thought that was. Yeah. Well another one I remember his commentary he could not understand why people were using the phrase deplaning. Oh my brother mentioned that yeah. one time hearing yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, like when they get off an airplane. Yes, when they get up, said, why in the world are you coming up with the terminology called, well, now we're deplaning. Well, we don't plane. Why should we deplane? That's right. And, you know, that's fun. Now that I look back on it, that's right. I've never, that's the only time I've ever heard that used. I've never heard detraining, debussing. Mm -hmm. What is debriefing? Well, I've, yeah, I've heard debriefing. Yeah, debriefing, what? you're right. I've heard of briefings. Uh -huh. But I don't know what a debriefing is. I mean, I've heard the term he received a debriefing from the State Department. Right. I don't know what that, I mean, I've, I've heard of a... All sorts of words. One of the, my favorite words to hate is reprioritization. <laughs> Re, say that again. Re... Reprioritization, like when you put things in priority order. How many letters is that in that word? I, that's it gotta must be, be 12 squillion. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it comes up usually in election years. And it, uh, I, I just, I go, oh, ouch. <laughs> it's so painful when I hear words like that. One I don't like, and maybe it's just me, probably a minor one to be irritated about. I don't like the term 24-7. I much prefer 24 hours a day, seven days a week, even if it takes longer to say it. Somehow 24-7 irritates me. I mean, I don't, you know, it, it, it sounds like it's a cheap way to say something. It is. I have a question for both of you. Okay. What happened to butternut coffee? I don't know. I guess it died after Stan Freeman poked fun at, at it. I mean, to, to do a five-minute commercial and 
do such a, a, an all-out frontal assault with a promotional, and the coffee is dead. It's gone. Where did it go? Patricia? Well, you know, the That's other your homework assignment for next week. What <laughs> happened to butternut coffee? Omaha will call and let us know. Omaha. Omaha. Will you please call Yesterday USA? Yeah, we don't, we don't have any New York calls, and we've never gotten one from Omaha. Omaha. You know, what's interesting about that, too, is that's one of the few regional coffees I can think of. Actually, and Bill, Bill and Kim will not remember, that in Texas and Louisiana and Arkansas and Oklahoma, there was a very popular coffee that my mother just loved called Maryland Club. And you can only get it in those states and maybe one or two other states. Coke made Maryland Club. Coca-Cola made Maryland Club as a subs or distributed Maryland Club as a subsidiary coffee. And you could only get it in those states. You can't get it in California or back east. I still like of the coffee commercials. I still like the catchphrase good to the last drop. Oh yes. It is a winner. It's yeah. still being used. I checked the Maxwell House site. Mm -hmm probably just two or three weeks ago, and it is still up there. It doesn't look like they're using it as a slogan with the logo, but it's very much part of their website, Good to the Last Drop. Wouldn't you love to be the guy who came up with that line? Yeah. So very, and it would go all the way, it was used back in the 30s on Good News and earlier shows. True, but I just love the way, yeah. I just love the way Meredith Wilson was scored out with George and Gracie. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when the show would mm -hmm. open, good, and then the musical, to the last drop. But, you know, speaking of that, of coffees, do they still make Chase and Sanborn? I never hear it advertised anymore. Yes, it's in the store. Okay, you never hear it advertised any. You know, that's one thing that I think about as I listen to these radio shows, and I get to thinking, how many products? are still made, and the reason I wonder if they're still made is because you don't hear commercials for them anymore, and you don't mm -hmm. know if the products were discontinued or if they A merged. lot of them are made in small quantity, because I did a lot of research a couple of years ago, and there's a place called the Vermont Country Stores that carries a lot of them, and they have a website. Like, for example, I always find out, what happened to Lux Soap? Mm -hmm. It's still being made in very small quantity, and you can buy it with the original 1940s wrappers. But Lever Brothers doesn't make it anymore. No. And the same way I understand the same thing is true with another two other Lever Brothers products, Rinso yep. and uh, 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 Lifebuoy. And they also used to make Swan Soap, and I went and did re that went out of phase in 1960s. And Lifebuoy Life is made by the, again, in... in China, the last oh, I Life Boy? Yeah. And how about... Uh, and I understand I saw on the Digest a few years ago, Oxidol, Procter & Gamble doesn't do Oxidol anymore. It's a small company called CR that makes it, a very small limited company. I called the company one time to ask about it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And a, lot, a lot of those famous labels, they either small companies, like employees are taking it, or they have sold their name to foreign countries. Well, I know that some of the medical products, my friend of mine we, who collects old radio and television shows, we got to talking even about medical products that we don't know if they're made anymore, like, uh, you know, like, like, like Dr. Lyon's tooth powder, like Haley's, like uh, Infrarub, different 
different products we've heard commercials for. Yeah. That um, I, I did a whole research and a lot. I looked over 200 products, and I think I only found about 80 of them still in existence today from the Golden Days of Radio. Really? Uh, yeah. Only about 80? <laughs> about 80. It's just amazing, and when you think that these pro these brand names once dominated our 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 culture and mm -hmm. our uh, you know what people buy, it's just amazing how uh, like I know Ovaltine is still made. Yep. Uh, Ralston, I, I I know on the Digest Ralston came up again. New England is that New England store is has Ralston's product, mm -hmm. right? But Ralston. My uh, understanding, yes. I'm not sure about Ralston in general, but I think it's taken over at the sub-brand. Does Quaker still make puffed wheat and puffed rice? I don't know that, about that one. I don't know. I don't know. It's not, I don't shop the cereal aisle, so I'm a duh in that. I don't know. And, you know, the other thing is you notice, uh, I guess to, to emphasize health now, you notice that Kellogg's now, like they call them, Corn, instead of sugar pops, they call them corn pops, and fro they call them just frosted flakes, not sugar frosted flakes. Right. I don't know what they call sugar smacks now. Do they just call them smacks? <laughs> Do we even have them? I don't know. The other thing that's funny to me, and this is uh, this is out of the golden age, but you noticed how uh, Colonel Sanders, K Kentucky Fried Chicken, they they wanted a few years ago. They wanted to de-emphasize the fried. Right. But at KFC, well, what else does KFC stand for except Kentucky? For, I mean, that's not exactly a name change. It's no, but the word fried isn't in your face. Huh. You say it. So there there, there was a, a great marketing strategy in there, and from what I have read, it worked. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's true. But it's just it's just weird that you. Mm -hmm. if, 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 if a child is with his parents, what does the F stand for in KFC? <laughs> you have to tell them the truth, I guess. James. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And I, another product I was wondering about, we were, I was, we were talking about once, we were talking about the FBI and Peace and War being sponsored by Lava. Is Lava still made? Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, it is. L-A-V-A. Yep. Yeah. And does... True for consequences. Is, is, is does still made? It's interesting. I just pulled down some does ads from the 1940s and 50s, and I don't think that is still made. I'm, I'm confident it isn't. What do you mean it's not being made? I mean, I, 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 in the supermarket? Yeah, you know, I, I hear it all the time on this show right here, you know? I mean, right, we hear you, know, you know, I mean, my goodness gracious. Come on. Come on. It's got to be here. See, it has to be made. I mean, I just heard a commercial for it. I mean, happy, happy wash day commercials. Just, just make you want to go, what? What? And, yeah, and, and you know, that, that was such a clever, such a clever jingle. I mean, when you think about... You, you hear the machine going, and you hear the song. We were talking last night, I, I think Walden was talking last night about, uh, or, or maybe somebody else on the radio, too, was talking about how, you know, today... Maybe when you hear to somebody else besides me? Yeah. Okay. Commercial. Somehow, I don't remember where I, you know, where I heard it now. Commercials came up, and, uh -huh. we, were, and we were talking about how today... 
few people. Oh, it was an oldies friend of mine in San Jose who hosted an oldies show on a college station, a rock and roll from the 50s and 60s. And we were tra- he was talking yesterday about how you don't hear original jingles for commercials very rarely anymore. Most of the time, if you hear anything at all, any music, they just take old rock and roll songs from the 50s or 60s and adapt them with... Uh, uh-huh. You don't hear original jingles anymore. And, and you know, that's what made the golden age of radio and television so fascinating is people actually wrote melodies for jingles. Uh-huh. And you don't hear any of that anymore, very little. And yeah. it, it's, it's kind of taken the uh, fun out of it. And I think that's one reason, again, that Stan Freeberg was so successful with his commercials is he could just, you know, he made... He could make a product like chow mein exciting, and uh, he was certainly successful. So maybe, maybe when, maybe now when I go in just a minute, maybe someone from Omaha will call and talk. Omaha. I hope so. Call about butternut coffee. That's sure. Yeah. Or can it just call from Omaha and then we can? That would be nice too. Coffee. So butternut candy bars. I don't think they're around anymore either. You remember they were made by? You might remember the Hollywood Candy Company. And they made several interesting bars. They made milkshake and butternut and payday, which still exist. Yep. They, they did smooth sailing, big time, uh, the Hollywood candy bar, and there may have been one or two others, but I remember particularly milkshake, butternut, and payday were the three that I really remember from, from uh, the Hollywood candy company. Anyway, again, always you, a Jim. pleasure. Both of you have a nice evening. You too. Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye. And you can give us a call at 714-545-2071. You can sing your favorite jingle, if you like. <laughs> if you like, you don't have to. You but can. you do have to tell me which branch of military service Mayor Latrivia you went in. That would be nice. That would be nice, because we figured out the, the longest commercial that I know of. Hey, we're doing good tonight. Hello, caller. How you doing? Good. And who's this? Uh, this is Gene Harmon here in Dubuque, Iowa. Iowa. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Gene. How you doing? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm just on the other side of the state from Omaha. Okay, that'll do fine. That would do get fine, Gene. And uh, that trivia question, uh, um, who is, that was, that was that Maryland trivia? Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, that was in the Coast Guard. Oh, yes, he was. Good job, Gene. I love it. How did you know that? Oh, we, uh, here on Sunday nights from 6 to midnight on uh, the local radio station, KDTH, Dubuque, Iowa, 1370 on your radio dial. Huh? Uh, they have uh, old-time radio on for six hours. Oh, what a wonderful gift. How great. And I'm obviously they play Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, absolutely. They play. Uh, comes off, uh, they have a format where they have um, uh, Jack Benny and then Fibber McGee and Molly and the great Gildersleeve. And then after that, uh, mysteries and stuff like that. Oh, wow. All the really yeah. great ones. They've been doing this for 20-some years. They've had this on the radio here. Wow. Uh, like I say, from 6 to midnight on Sunday night. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's an AM station. It's stri- strictly a local station? 
It's strictly a local station, yes. Uh-huh. My goodness. Uh, if, you get, if you get about 20 miles from the Buke, uh, you wouldn't hear the station. <laughs> So. <laughs> you say local, it really is local. It's really local, yes. It's, uh, yeah, it isn't uh, uh, like uh, Wolfman Jack in the early years back in L.A. and, and in KMOX and out of St. Louis, yeah. yeah. It's nothing like that, no. <laughs> you can't walk to the other side of the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me tell you, if the wind's blowing right or if uh, a flock of geese flies over, I have trouble picking the station up because I live quite a ways north of Dubuque. <laughs> so. How did you find YUSA? I, I've listened to this for quite some time. I, I get you on the computer. Uh-huh. And, and I'm, I'm sitting here tonight, you know, and listen. I always listen to you folks. If I'm home, you know, and I, I listen to you uh, uh, on the Internet. Yeah. Florida writer at hotmail.com, right? Okay. 
That's what you've got. Okay, just double-checking, and um, that'll be great. I'll get them out in the mail this week. Well, great. Keep up the good work. I enjoy it. I enjoy I'm, the show. I'm so glad you called, and a first-time caller on top of it. Boy, that's great. Thank you, Gene. Thank you. You bet. You all take care now. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. And there we go. 714-545-2071. Now, come on, New York. You're <laughs> supposed to be the biggest station we have. I don't know. Hello there, caller. Who's this? Hello. This is, this is Neil from Las Vegas. Hello, Neil. How are you? Hi, Neil from Las Vegas. Yes. And I have a a question about why one type of of old time radio show is very rare it's the the light comedy shows like uh first nighter curtain time there's over hollywood uh uh central hospital uh brownstone theater it seems like these are extremely rare and some of the shows we're on for years, and yet the supplies of them are just not there. I agree. And and, and they're different networks, different sponsors. Uh, do you know of any reason why that whole type of show? I I, I think I do. Okay. Um, if you look at it in the map, a lot of famous shows that you mentioned all came from one area, and that was Chicago. And in terms of, if you break down the hobby, the 200,000 shows that we have, the smallest that we really have anything from is Chicago. So I don't know if they really kept their shows. Mm. Um, because if you think about everybody, most of the soap operas came out of Chicago. We don't have hardly any of them. Mm-hmm. Most of the kids' shows, I'm thinking Jack Armstrong, Captain Midnight, a lot of those came out of Chicago. Do you think it, all those years that are on, we have very little. Uh, the first night, we only have about 18. And that was on from 1931 to 53 or so. Same right. thing. Yeah, and the same with, like, Curtain Time yep. was on for seven or, uh, you know. That was another Chicago show. Ten years. Uh, but, he, but Stars Over Hollywood. Uh, and um, That was a Hollywood show. You're right. And uh, also Grand Central Station. Yeah. There's almost none of those shows circulating. And, right. Now, I think Grand Central Station is interesting. You know who was the producer for that? You, you know, Neil, who the producer of that show? No. Hyman Brown. Okay. Now, Hyman, if you look at what he produced, the Thin Man, the Fat Man. Those are rare, too. Those yeah. are all his series from the Golden Days of Radio. Dick Tracy, he had the Dick Tracy, Terry the Pirate. Uh, all those shows we have very, very little from. I don't know. So in other words, I don't know. Hyman Brown spent the money to do, to have those preserved. Hmm. It's it's just so strange that those shows, uh, you know, because I, 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 both my wife and I love those type of shows, yeah. and they're just we like all of the shows that like particularly the detective, but those shows in in particularly, uh, and and they just. Uh, I think there's like four Grand Central stations yep. in circulation, uh, and that was on for what? Forever. Yeah. Forever. Right. <laughs> and you know, Stars of Hollywood. Now, I think also another rule of thumb 
I think the big primetime shows in general had the money and they had the network clout to preserve those. Okay. So I'm thinking that's why Fibber McGee and Molly, The Great Gosley, Jack Benny, all of those today with primetime, we have a more apt to have those preserve. Uh, if you think about Hollywood, start, it was early, bright and early Saturday morning. Saturday morning, yeah. yeah. And, and then the one that followed it was what, uh, Central Hospital or something. Right, and that, I don't think there's any of those. Yeah, I think on Patricia's website that she goes, I think I saw one or two up there. Um, I, and if you think about it, let's pretend we only have about 96 of those, and that was on for 20 some odd years. Um, oh gosh, the, uh, uh, Buster Brown Gang gets a very few old Saturday morning show. A lot of the Saturday morning lineup was just not preserved. Hmm. And it's I sad because those are really good shows. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're they're light, fast, real. They're not not heavy drama, no. but they're some of them were excellent, and there a lot of them were really good. You know, comedy shows, and I, and uh, it's just amazing. I also asked Arthur Anderson, who's the famous New York radio actor, why a lot of the shows in New York were not preserved, and he thinks it was his theory that space was a problem, mm-hmm. and they didn't have the storage space. Uh, a lot of the facilities in New York didn't have internal recording system like they did out here in Hollywood. So, uh, I I love the shows you have, and I love your. Uh, the the whole uh, you know network you guys are on and I listen to it on the computer uh, and uh, I try to listen to it whenever I can and thoroughly enjoy everything but that was really bugging me on why that whole genre of shows um, just seems to have vanished and yeah. it's, it's so sad. Um, but How did you find Yesterday USA? Yeah. How did you find Yesterday USA? Uh, I, uh, well, we've had an interest in old-time radio for a long time uh-huh. and went to a lot of conventions before my wife got sick, uh-huh. and uh, I think we're going to try to make the Seattle one this year, and then just somewhere we, we ran across it, and then I put it on the computer, and now I always listen to it whenever I can, <laughs> but I think we're finally going to try to go back to Seattle. Uh, we've never made the Seattle one. We went been to the Cincinnati one, the Newark one. Um, and we've been uh, to Spurvac, but sure. we never have been to Seattle, but now my son lives there, and we're going to try to make the June convention. Well, please uh, do, because I'm producing it, so please make the trip. Oh, we're going to try. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, he, he lives just five minutes away from the hotel, so I'm going to try to uh, definitely make it up there. Um, it sounds great. I mean, it, just reading uh, the past program sounds like it's a lot of fun. It's a hoot. It, it's of the old-time radio conventions, and I've been, <clears throat> I've been to 30, this will be number 32 that I've attended. Uh, it's the warmest, friendliest of, a, of the whole convention because it's more of a family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And I think people who can make it to Seattle, go. Go. Well, we're gonna we're gonna try. If my wife is up to it, we're gonna try to go and we're gonna stay with my son. But then we're gonna stay at the hotel uh, for Saturday night. <coughs> Excuse me. That'd be great. Well, you get to see old Shirley Mitchell do Leela Ransom, the great girls leave on Saturday night. And uh, if you make it Friday night, we're gonna at least have three original cast members for Armist Brooks. Okay. So, well, who knows what else we'll dig up? It's gonna be a dynamite packed. Um, session. It's really going to be great. 
Well, I, 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 I think so. I wish I had, I knew the answer to your trivia questions, but I didn't get on in time. Well, so. we got, we got more. Okay. Are you willing to give a shot on a couple of more? Okay, I'll try. All right. Well, I've got. Let's see here. I've got regulars and bonus. So I'll give you some regulars, and then we can go to a bonus one too. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What did Andy in Amos and Andy do for a living? That's question number one. Number two is who starred in Nightbeat, and number three, which shows had or which show? Pardon me, singular. Which show had the characters Millicent Carstairs, Ransom Sherman, and uh, no, nope, Ransom Sherman was the actor. Forgive me. Um, the uh, and Willie Toops. Ransom Sherman was Mr. Wellington. Well, uh, one was a taxi driver, right? Well, yeah. Um, Amos, Amos was a taxi driver. What did Andy do? Andy was... Oh, I can't. That I, I don't know. Frank Lovejoy was Nightbeat. You got it. All right. <laughs> you got it. See, I, I guess Andy was kind of a trick question because... He didn't really do anything. He, that's exactly right. <laughs> I was going to say, he... He kept looking for. He always said he was going to go to work, and he, they tried to line him up a couple times. Right, and he was always lining up work for uh, for Amos. Uh, he was a uh, babysitter. One, uh, he was everything. One, oh, one he time. was. Ev- and, and Frank Lovejoy did uh, the night beat. That's right. My sister. What, what were the characters again? Uh, the characters were Millicent Carstairs, Mr. Wellington, and Willie Toops. That's the one that rings the bell, but I can't, um, no, I can't, I don't know that one. It, it, it rings the bell, and as soon as you say it, I'm going to say yes, that was it, but I, I... Well, I'll give a, can I give a hint, Patricia? Sure. Ransom Sherman also played a character named Uncle Dennis. That might help. And a little girl would say, Willie, I got some money. Uh, was it the Smiths? No. I know it. Was it the Smiths? Nope. No. Oh. No, I, 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 nothing rings a bell now. It was Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh. Yeah, Willie Toops was Teeny's little friend. Yes, I should have known it from there. Ah, dumb, dumb, dumb. But that's not dumb, dumb. You got one of the hard ones. As soon as you said Carstairs, I should have known that. Millicent Carstairs. Well, you know, she was not on. Walton helped me with this and told me if I'm right. She was not, that character was not on nearly as long as Mrs. Mrs. Uppington. Correct. Miguel Uppington. So Abby, or or, uh, Uppy is what Sibber would call her. Um, She would be the character most known as the snooty, uh, upscale type rich person. But was there for fewer years. Disappointed in myself. <gasps> oh, but you got a hard one. I mean, you knew Andy didn't go to work. <laughs> that was kind of a trick question. What did he do for a living? The answer is nothing. <laughs> right, right. Uh-oh. And Frank Lovejoy. Neil, are you going to send me your address so I can get a couple of CDs out to you? Yes, well. Let's, let's do a bonus. You want to do a bonus one, too? Okay, go ahead and try. All right. Which... Sibber McGee and Molly cast member was also the voice of Elmer Fudd in Warner Brother cartoons. What's well, Bell Blank? No. Sibber McGee and Molly. You nasty little web of you. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got the rabbit right. <laughs> yeah, you nasty. Well, I had a college professor who sounded like that. <laughs> Seriously. He taught economics, and it was really hard to pay attention. Uh, oh, my gosh, not economics. <laughs> well, it's hard to pay attention to economics anyways. I know, but not with... It sounded like a little less cheating, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you stretch your brain a little bit, you're going to come up with the person, because if I say the name, you're going to say, oh, gosh, of course, he sounded like him. I have gone brain dead. You've gone brain dead. Okay, yeah. I'm going to hold that question, and I will give you the answer in an email, but I'm not going to say it out loud because we'll have other people call in and maybe give it a shot. Okay. All right, so I need you, please, to send your mailing address to me so I can get a CD out to you. It is Florida Writer at... Writer? Mail hmm? Okay, wait a minute. i got to turn my... Okay. Florida Writer. Florida Writer at Hotmail.com. Writer or writers? Writer, singular. I am a writer in Florida. <laughs> I use Florida Writer. At Hotmail.com. At Hotmail.com. And you have to help me with what shows you might enjoy having. Well, I pretty much like anything. But like I said, if you have any of the curtain, any of that Bush uh, Schneider, Curtain Time. And Brownstone. Um, oh, now I can't even think of those right. Uh, uh, I see. Stars Over Hollywood, Grand Central Station. Yeah, and there was, uh, besides Curtain... Uh, uh, stage uh, not Stage Door. Uh, uh, city, something, uh, City Hospital, or was it City something? Yeah, City Hospital, I don't think there's any at all. And... Um, I'm trying to think of what... Neil, when you send me your email with an address in it. Oh, Grand Marquis was one of the other ones. Out of Chicago, yep. Romance. Um, those, uh, it, those fall into that same category. Uh-huh. Now, when you send me your mailing address, would you send me a list of these shows, and I will do my best to scout them up. Okay. I would appreciate that. Oh, and by the way, the uh, uh, the payday candy bar is not made anymore. Neither is the Mars candy bar. No kidding. The, uh, the Mars company actually dropped their signature candy bar. They no longer make it. Oh, for goodness sakes. Now, there, there was, um, oh, shoot, there was a commercial a million years ago, and I've, I must have seen it on YouTube. It was a camel. And he said, and the camel's lips are moving, and he says, I want a Mars bar. Does that ring a bell? Uh, no, but... It's actually a voice like this, oh, I want a Mars bar. <laughs> oh, yes, right, yeah. Oh, see? Oh, what an actress I am. Oh, this is great. Oh, uh, another one. Am I right that Mike Wallace used to be, um, he, he had a, a, a detective series, a series, for a little while, um, what was he? What was his name before he went became Mike Wallace? Myron. Myron. Well, he has a long career in old time, and I'm hoping to give him a call this yeah, week. Myron something, and and I finally, after I heard it about the 14th time, I said that's Mike Wallace, <laughs> and he had several. He had a, a on the waterfront, or so uh, uh, not on the waterfront, but. Uh, 
uh, it was he played a, 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 a he was a police officer for a while, and then he was the, I think a detective. Uh, it was Myron Wallace, wasn't it? Yep. Didn't he just have this? Yep, he went by Myron Wallace. Yeah, and he had a uh, he he was the star. I don't think it lasted long, but he was a star of one or two uh, series. He made his very first radio appearance on Information Please when he was in college. They had him as a guest, and he did very well on that show. Uh, yep, back in 1939. That was his first appearance on radio. And then he became, somewhere along the line, he became Mike Wallace and got out of Yeah. That's when he went over to TV, or yep. was he Mike Wallace on radio? I don't know. I don't think he was Mike Wallace. Do, do you remember all the Yeah, he was Mike Wallace for a while. Depend, I think, on what shows. Um, like for when he was the announcer for Sky King, he was Mike Wallace. Uh-huh. When he was the announcer for You Bet Your Life, when he did the commercials, uh, he was Myron Wallace. I think it depends on what, uh, because a lot of time, a lot of radio personalities might use two versions of their name. Like, Clayton Bud Collier used different versions of his name. That's right. Uh, I, I talked about um, Mr. Peavy. Dick, um, Dick LeGrand and Richard LeGrand, he used both of those. Well, didn't Bob Bailey, wasn't he Robert Bailey sometimes and yeah. then Bob Bailey? Correct. He was Robert Bailey on some shows and Bob Bailey on others, yes. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I, I like the Johnny Dollar series. I think he was the best of the Johnny Dollar uh and I think when they did the the, the five fifteen minute ones was the I think the real height of the show because they were really able to develop the the plot a lot uh, when they did the, it lasted about a year and a half I guess they did the the five fifteen minute ones. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to have the author. There's a brand new author who put out a three volume set on the history of Johnny Dollar on radio. We're going to have him on in April. Mm, okay. And. I think he was inclined to agree that uh, that Bob Bailey was the best uh, of them all. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody say anything different. Mm-hmm. Bob Bailey was the quintessential Johnny Dollar. The others were good. He was terrific. Yeah, well, I, I think the others were good, uh, but I think he actually was a mile above mm-hmm. anybody else. I, just, I think he just epitomized the, the whole... Just everything about him, the way he, I, I think everybody else was good. Uh, who was the last one? Um, uh, Mando Kramer, I believe. Yeah, I, I think he was all right, but they started introducing some, like, jazz music or uh-huh. during some of those. I don't think it, to me, it didn't help the series. They tried to, I guess, uh, liven it up a little bit. Uh-huh. And I, I think it detracted more than it um uh, help uh, that's just my opinion other people probably liked it but i i don't think uh, um anytime you need something like jazz to beef up a show there's something wrong with the show right now did he leave did they fire him or did he leave they moved the show to new york and he didn't want to make the move to new york okay okay because um they decided to pretty much close a lot of the shows down in hollywood death for gun smoke and move everything to new york they moved Johnny Dollar, they moved Suspense, and so he just didn't make the move back east. Just didn't want to yeah. make the move. Yeah. Okay, I wondered why he left. Yeah. I mean, of course, he wouldn't have been on very much longer anyways. Right. But, 
Well, it's been fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think you've answered the question that has bugged my wife and I on why you cannot find any of these shows. Well, if anybody has a better answer than that, I'm open to it, but that's just my (laughs) gut hunch. Gil, before you hang up, um, do you have any Johnny Dollar shows? Yes, yeah. We we have, uh, uh, I think, about 100 of them. Uh, I have almost 3,000. Of, of the old radio shows. We, my, my wife and I have been collecting for a long time. We love Lux and we love, uh, the, we love all the detective ones, like the Western ones. I like the command performance. Um, not much into the variety shows. I don't do much on the... Uh, I never watch much into the Bing Crosby's or that type of show, but I, I, I do love the drama shows. And, and uh, we, we've just been collecting for a long time, and, and it, we've got... My granddaughter's hooked on it now. She's uh, 14, and she started on it, and, and she loves it. When did uh, you start off your granddaughter? We were having a conversation last week, and you, to introduce new people, what did you pick to introduce her? Actually, we picked, it was almost by accident. We were staying at their house. They live in North Carolina, and we had a baby Snooks on, and she real. I can't, this is about, she's 14 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about five years ago, and she really liked the Baby Snooks, and she asked to listen to it, and I, then I, I got her from Radio Spirits or somebody, I got her, uh, a, of course, CDs rather than tapes. I mean, no, no, nobody in her generation even knows what a tape is. Uh, but I got her a CD of the Baby Snooks, and she really liked that, and then uh, I got her the Armist Brooks because she's in high school, uh, and that she could relate to that. So those are the two that kind of sucked her in and, and that she likes. Um, but I think the baby Snooks she could relate to. That's right. And then there was one of uh, uh, Archie, uh, one of e- either, uh, I don't know if it was a Corliss Archer uh, or uh, the Andrews one where, because we had told her about we were the first people uh, on on the block to get a TV, and everybody would watch the test pattern and all that type of stuff. And there's one show, and I haven't been able to find it again uh, because it, the uh, uh, the tape got destroyed. But there's one show in that nature, and she listened to that, and she came downstairs, and she said, "That show is exactly like you said." Everybody went to the neighbors to look at the TV, and everybody was watching the test pattern, and there was one station. Uh, so that it, she kind of got into it slowly, but those type of uh, things happen, and she 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 loves it now. Oh, that's really cute. How old is she, please? She's fourteen now. Wow, you've got a whole ne- another generation coming up here. This is terrific. Yes, yes. And like I said, I think the baby they can relate to the baby Snooks and the Armist Brooks, the the detective shows and things like that. They're not into that yet, but things that they're I would kind of re- make that recommendation if anybody wants to try to get their kids interested, get it, get it something that they can really relate to um, that's on their level and not, not any of the other deep drama shows and everything else because that, that's just going to go right over their head at that age or most it go over the head of most kids at that age. And yeah. They need I'm something that they can laugh a little family. bit and that they, can, they go to high school so they can relate to high school incidents and things like that. Yeah. I'm partial to the Aldrich family with the kids. I really like that show. Yes, yes. Uh, 
she likes all of that type now, uh, like I said. But we were lucky <laughs> that she fell in love with the baby snooks. That that was the that was the hook that got her involved. <laughs> That's cute. Well, so anyway, thank you very much, and uh, I'll keep listening. And um, uh, if if there's a better answer for that other thing, or if someone finds a treasure trove of those shows, let me know. Sounds well, great, Neil. Uh, just send me the list. I'll do my best, and I will ask you a couple of questions. I've got probably seven or eight hundred Johnny Dollar shows, so if you need some supplements there, I've got the Fat Man. You mentioned the Fat Man before. Um, so that's another one that there's not many. Um, it, 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 like you said, it's the one producer. Yeah. Um, there's there's only a few of that, and that was on for what, like eight or nine years. Yep. The Fat Man. Yep. Yeah. And uh, well, now, he didn't are, do much else in radio, did he? Did Scott, uh, Scott? Jay Scott, he was part, can you believe this? He was part of Fred Allen's comedy troupe in the 30s. Jay Scott Smart was part of Fred Allen's group. Uh-huh. And then he, then, then the uh, Fat Man really uh, triggered it. And then they, I think they did a Fat Man movie with him in the mid-40s. And after that. He much else in radio, did yeah, he? Yeah, uh, after that, I can't think of anything. Neil, I have 45 um, Fat Man shows. Oh, okay. Well, then you definitely have some that... I, what I'll do is email you what I have, and I'll take any that you... that uh, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take any that you have then on that. Well, don't... I mean, it'll take you forever to type those out. I will just send you a, my file of Fat Man, and um, I'll fill in with some of the others. I'll do my best to hunt down the ones that you're looking for, and um, we'll get you some nice goodies on the collection. Okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate it very much and look forward to you, to you coming back. You're, uh, you're coming back when? Uh, are you booked again to, to be on the show? Yeah, well, uh, Patricia and I will be up on every Saturday we're together. Okay. So that's, that's where we hunker down to... Open up the phone lines and uh, have a good time with everybody. Yeah, we haven't listened too much on Saturdays because we usually have gone out. My wife plays bingo and things uh-huh. like that. So, but we're home today. But well, well, we, we, start, we, we, we stay up to the wee small hours. So even when you guys get home from bingo and lot, tune it on. There's a good chance Patricia and I'll be on. Well, now you know when, it, when it's bingo in Las Vegas is 24 hours. I know, but sometimes <laughs> Patricia's a night person and the world gets still up and about. So hey, you never know. Las, Las Vegas, even though we're a little depressed, Las Vegas still never sleeps. Yeah, I hear that. It's indeed, uh, indeed. Well, it was just such a delight to talk with you, Neil. Thank you so much for calling in. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good day. You night. too. Bye. Bye-bye. We're having a great time, Patricia. We're having a super time, Walden, and I've still got a bundle of questions to go if anybody wants to call in. Seven. Um, I am really prepared tonight, honest to goodness. 714-545-2071 our number. Give us a call. 714-545-2071 You can answer Patricia's potluck question or just anything we've been throwing out
it good. We struck it good. It's just so much fun talking with people. Anybody out there with a telephone wants to give us a call, that would be terrific. If you want to get in touch with us by email, I'm at floridawriters at hotmail.com. And Walden is at? Walden Hughes at Yesterday USA. My name is W-A-L-D-E-N-H-U-G-H-E-S at Yesterday USA.com. Oh, we need to thank some other people, Patricia. Oh, I guess we'll have to do that later. <laughs> Hello, caller. Oh. And who's this? Uh, uh, my name is Ralph. Hi, Ralph. And I live up in uh, Northern California. Where? Where in Northern California? What city? Uh, uh, well, Lewiston. It's, it's hardly a city. <laughs> You're way up there where all the trees are. Yeah, uh, we're in the Trinity Alps. That's amazing. <laughs> had, uh, Did you have snow this winter? A little bit. Not bad at all. But we've had company come up here from New York and from Los Angeles. And a couple of them said they had to go home. There was too damn many trees up here. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> they have no appreciation of good stuff. Well, it's funny. Uh, wife and I are both New Yorkers, and we love it up here. <laughs> where, where in New York are you from? We live in Queens. Okay. I As a matter of fact, the other night you had Jimmy Nelson on. Uh-huh. And uh, in the years uh, like uh, 59 to 62, uh, I used to be a laundry man of all things. Oh, my goodness. I tried to call in, but I missed him. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll let him know that you were going to call in. Um, one of the things that he really enjoys is talking with people, so I'm, I'm very sorry that you missed him. Yeah, that's too bad, because uh, yeah, I remember he and his wife were both just wonderful folks to talk to. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think he's in, he's in my top two, and he might even be number one. Uh-huh. <laughs> On my fun list, he just is such a delightful person, and he's gracious and fun to talk with and he has some wonderful experiences to talk about so I'm not at all surprised that you're telling me they were wonderful people too yeah really nice uh, I had a question uh-huh. I had a question about uh, Gildersleeve uh-huh. I remember uh, one episode in particular I don't remember what year it was but uh, he was chasing down his family tree, uh, trying to uh, prove that he was really from good stock. And it ended up that his uh, ancestor was named Gilderslob, and he was a pig farmer. I do not remember that show. Weldon, do you remember I that? I think I do. I think it's about 1949, Patricia. 1949, yeah, I think. about the spring. Uh, anyhow, of all the shows I ever heard, that's the only one I really had a long-term memory of. <laughs> okay. I'm writing this down. I'll see if I can dig it up. Um, do you have this show in your collection? No. As a matter of fact, I, I don't have a collection. I uh, just recently got connected uh, with you folks through a Wi-Fi radio. 
Ah, okay. How did you find it? Uh, just uh, looking for old radio shows because I do like them. And uh, went through the alphabet and found you. And here we have, my goodness, and we're at the bottom of the alphabet, too. Yeah, well, I, uh, I pushed the wrong button. I went backwards, and I got to you rather quickly. <laughs> I'm so glad you pushed it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Would you like to play trivia tonight? Uh, well, I, I don't know how good I'd be at it. I, I like that Elmer Fudd one, though. <gasps> okay. What is it? Wimple. Nope. Oh, from, no, not Wallace Wimple, huh? Nope, it wasn't Wallace Wimple. I was just sure it was him. Oh, no. I, but you know, it, it's a reasonable choice because he was such a master at voices. And, of course, Mr. Wimple has more books. So what a... Yeah. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, okay, go ahead. All right, we've got some questions here. In the great Gildersleeve, I'll ask all three, and then we'll go back and you can tell me if there's an answer in there. All right. Okay. In the great Gildersleeve, what was Mr. Peavy's profession? Well, he was a pharmacist. <laughs> yes, he was. Okay. You got yourself a CD here. Want to try the other two? Why not? <laughs> okay. Don Wilson was the announcer for which comedian show? Don Wilson. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, I don't know that one. Yes, you do. With Jack Benny. Oh, was that a Canadian show, did you say? No, I'm so sorry. Well, then, can you pod me up a little bit? I think people are having trouble hearing me here. All right. Can you do that? I am doing that. Oh, that's cool. Okay, a comedian. I'm sorry. It, it was a mispronunciation on my part. Um, Don Wilson was the announcer for which comedian? Oh, yeah, I, I know that that was... Okay, so that would have been Jack Benny. And this one, I think you'll get this one. Sigrid McGee and Molly had three big sponsors during the life of their show. Name one. Oh, it was Johnson's Wax. That was one of them. Do you remember any of the others? Oh. I, I think during a time when I really listened to them a lot, it was always Johnson's Wax. Uh... Pet milk. Pet milk, yes. Very good. My wife is here. She, she thought of that one. <laughs> She's coaching you. There's one more. Okay. And he had trouble pronouncing it sometimes. I think it was part of the shtick that they did, but he would mispronounce one of the products. No? Mm, no, that doesn't ring a bell. Okay, it's Re Reynolds Aluminum. And once in a while, he would pretend that he could not say aluminum. And with Johnson's Wax, he went through a period where he could not say linoleum. Okay. All right. So you got yourself a CD. This is so cool. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ralph, you have to help me get to you. So I will ask that you send your mailing address to my email account, which is Florida Writer at hotmail.com. I have that, okay. Okay, you do have that. And you have to help me with the shows that you like. Yeah, what well, kind I, you liked, like? Uh, I like a lot of Jack Benny, and I liked uh, Fred Allen and all the comedies. Uh, Fred Allen? Okay. Reggie, uh, Gildersleeve, stuff like that. Lifehearted. All right. You've got, you picked out three I have in my file, so... We're in good shape here, and if you get me...
maybe two CDs out to you this week. Well, absolutely. Yeah, I sure will. It's so much fun that you're calling in. What kind of weather are you having tonight? Oh, we had a glorious warm day today. It's uh, uh, We're sort of in between rainstorms, and we're enjoying it. Sounds great. And several, excuse me, I'm sorry. Several years of drought, and we're trying to make oh. up for it this year. You too. I wanted to let you know, and I, I interrupted myself before, that I grew up in New York. Oh, really? Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I, I grew up in the borough of Queens. We lived in Flushing, and I lived in Astoria. Uh, this is a very nice area. It sure was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. But everything changes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's funny. We went back a few years ago to my wife's uh, 50th high school graduation. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, 50th graduation party. Uh-huh. And uh, I got uh, hardly recognized a lot of places. Really? Really, really well, well. You know, those, those sometimes hurt the heart, you know? Yep. Yep, I was disappointed in a lot, but, uh, you know, hey, life goes on. And it keeps changing. Yes, it, indeed. You can, uh, they say you can never really go back. Yeah, I know, but you can try. We never give up trying, you know? Yeah. We just don't. Well, Ralph, I am so happy that you called in tonight, and uh, this is your first time calling, isn't it? Oh, yes, it is. All right. Well, I hope you'll keep us on the list because we play trivia every Saturday. And, um, of course, there are shows all during the week, and Walden is on live Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we've got some pretty good lineups. I hope you stay with us. Oh, yeah, by all means. We, we really enjoy the programs. Super. And say hi to your wife for us, too. All righty. Okay, thanks, Ralph. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Ralph. Bye. <laughs> and there's Ralph, 714 Five four five two zero seven one. It's been a wonderful night, and I wonder how many calls we're gonna have. I bet we're getting close to ten or so tonight. Who knows? I have to go back and count sometime. <laughs> I don't know. We have a good number of people, and it's so much fun when folks call in. It makes it it makes it worthwhile. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Our number seven one four. Five four five two zero seven one. You can call in and play Patricia Potluck Trivia or whatever you want to talk about, old-time radio-wise or the weather or are you getting ready for spring? You know, I think Patricia's ready for spring. I'm ready for spring, but all my friends up north are just so ready for spring. Oh, my goodness, those poor people. And I uh, just got to mention, we got a couple people we got to thank. Uh... Uh, our friend Dave from uh, David, Professor David down in Alabama. Uh huh. David Bop, Bopple. Beto. Beto. I'm sorry, huh? David. Hi, David. And we have Richard from Toronto. Richard from Toronto. And he asked two questions. I think we should to address. He wanted to know how did you and I got interested in old time radio. That was his first question. And Patricia, you want to take it take it from there? Sure. For me, it was an accident. It was. <laughs> it truly was. You know, and I think anybody who's listened to us for any amount of time knows that I am a talk show junkie. 
and I put in the search uh, for talk shows on the internet, of course, and Live 365 came up with a list of talk show um, for me to choose from, and Yesterday USA was on the list. They had Yesterday USA listed as a talk show, I guess because of the live shows, and um, I tried it, I clicked, and I thought, what is this that I'm listening to? I had no idea what old-time radio was. I did not know it existed. And the first show I listened to was a detective show, and I don't remember which one it was because I didn't know what I was listening to, um, but it was probably a Sam Spade or a Philip Marlowe, and I really enjoy both of them. So it kind of made me want to come back and try again, and I heard a Gildersleeve and a Philip and Molly, and I thought, you know, this is pretty good stuff. So I was looking for a talk show with everything from the environment to politics, and I wound up with Yesterday USA, and here I am. You're stuck with me. <laughs> That's a great story. And for me, everybody, well, let's see. I think the first time I ever heard um, old-time radio was around 1975. Uh, I recently lost my sight. I was under 10, around 9. And one of the radio stations, local FM station, was doing a marathon. And they were going to play old-time radio throughout the day. And my aunt called my dad and read me some of the titles and things. And I tuned in. And I think the first show I tuned in was Superman. No kidding, yeah. really? Superman. It was, and it was also the Carnation. You know, where the two gang, they got the, uh, they try to, the two guys are taking over a school, and they leave the, you know, the carnation, the, 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 uh, at the flower, and I later got those on a record album, and then I heard uh, later a Mr. Dictor's Attorney, the famous one where, uh, oh, it, 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 it's sort of where they try to, they got a, a mafia gangster, and he has a machine gun war with the police. And then later, I heard a Sky King, the one with Mike Wallace at the announcer. Uh-huh. So, I was introduced to old-time radio, and then, because of uh, not seeing, my whole clock was off. Because, you know, after having so many surgeries, uh, your your sleeping patterns were not ever quite the same. Yeah. At least it wasn't for me. <coughs> oh, we've talked about that, right? Yeah, and so... Uh, I bec- I was a major talk show junkie, even when I was just a little kid back in the mid-70s, living here in L.A. And we had him on the air here a few weeks ago. Ray Bream used to be on six nights a week from 11 at, 11 at night to 5 in the morning. Talking about a grind. 36 hours a week doing radio. And he took a night off, and Bill Bounds... Pink said it to him on, on a Friday night and had a good friend named Frank Brzee come in. And the first thing they played that caught my ear right off the bat was the Jack Armstrong show where you hear the snow. And Jack and Billy get caught up in a avalanche. Oh, my goodness. And they're coming down the hill. For a California kid. Yeah. And then, and then you know, we all know how good a... Uh, commentary of Frank is about old-time radio and taking calls 
And then at 1 o'clock, Brett Morrison, who was the shadow, came over in studio and spent from 1 to 2 in the morning on the air with, with the guys. I just couldn't go to sleep throughout the night. I tried to shut off, but I could keep uh, tuning, tuning in. Mm-hmm. So when I got up at 8, I told my dad, and my dad took me to a record store uh, um, that used to give away licorice pizza. Licorice Pizza, Licorice, and I think it was Licorice Pizza was the title of it. Sam Goodies, Sam Goodies is the actual title, but it always had a giveaway. Licorice, as you came into the store, bought two 8-track tapes, one being the first two episodes of Superman, and the other two were the two episodes of The Shadow. One of them was the time when you heard them put germs in the army barracks, and the other one was the train robbery looking for jewels in 1948. Well, that was 1975, and here we are today. So that's how we got in. That's how Patricia and I got involved in old-time radio. And yesterday, USA is stuck with both of us. I know. I know. And then I think tr- Richard also had another question about the old-time radio convention. You hear me talk about that. I did, and I sent him some information about um, Spurdvac Good. And Reps. Good. And FOTR. Good. You, you, and then it, us, <laughs> and also we have to mention the good friends over at Cincinnati has theirs in May. Mm-hmm. And that's the next big convention, everybody, May 7th and 8th. If you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, go to oldradio.net, look for Cincinnati. Our good friend Bob Hastings, who is Archie Andrews will be there, Rosemary Rice, who is Betty, on that show, and Esther Geddes McVeigh, who did music and things in local radio in L.A. and Oregon, will be there. That's going to be, and they have things you can buy, you can try out for radio parts, and so that's the next big convention here in the old-time radio circuit for this year. Reps in June, uh, New, New Jersey has one in October. And they're planning that. I just, I just saw the latest update this morning. I sent that off to Patricia. And if Spurvac will have one, it'll be in November. So that's what I know. And we'll keep everybody posted on that. 714. You bet. 714-545-2071. Now, you know, Patricia and I are not asking for very much. <laughs> We're not. Supposedly, the ratings show that the state of New York is the number one listening of this station right now. New York folks be number one, L.A. number two, San Diego number three, Chicago number four right now. Why can't we not get a call from New York? Do you love Yesterday USA? (laughs) Do you love Old Time Radio? Anywhere in the state, not New York City. That's qualified, but that's only a part of the state. Yes. Anywhere from New York. Buffalo. Syracuse. What else is out there, Patricia? Albany. Albany. Hoopertown. What else? Water something or other. It's West way Point. Watertown. Watertown. That's, that's, what, that's close to the Canadian border. How about West Point? And Suffern and West Point, right. Yeah. Um, and Sleepy Hollow with, and that's in Westchester County. Sleepy Hollow is... Um, the the um, Washington Irving story. Okay, yeah. Sleepy, there really is a sleepy hollow. There really is a sleepy hollow with the with the uh, headless horseman. 
That's right. That's right. And, of course, we've got Queens and Manhattan and Long Island. We've got lots of places. Somebody out there must love us. Please call Patricia, 714-545-207. Bring the act, bring, let Patricia bring out her New Yorkies. <laughs> 714-545-207. Can Patricia bring out her New Yorkie? Can we get a call from New York? Oh, that's funny. That is really funny. Walden asked me um, if I would like to interview Joe Franklin, who was our guest several weeks ago. And Joe, of course, was um, and is. He's, he's still broadcasting on radio, but he started out on radio. He was friends with Eddie Cantor and, oh, any number of people spent 43 years on television as a talk show host and has not only the record but um, actually started talk show television and I got to talk with him but <laughs> he's in New York he's, he's got a New York show New York station everything was in New York and Walden asked would you like to interview Joe Franklin I said oh my gosh would I ever and he said besides you talk New York <laughs> Because I grew up in New York, and I thought that was so sweet, Walden. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Hey, folks, look at your watch. Eight minutes to go. Oh. Eight minutes to go. You live in the Eastern Time Zone. We got we got a big hallmark coming up in eight minutes. Oh. Eight minutes, everybody. You live in the East Coast. We lose an hour, folks. Yep. In eight minutes. This is this is not a good time of the year for me. I do not do well in clock changes. Why? My, my whole body hates me because of when in the spring I feel like I'm late for everything because I usually am. My body is still on standard time. And then when we go backwards in the fall, it's suddenly dark when it's supposed to still be light. I don't do this well. You just don't do this very well. I don't do this well, Walden. Aww. Somebody has to save me. Yeah. Say, Patricia, give her a call. Walk her through this. My, my saving would be if the government and Congress decided to just ditch this nonsense of changing clocks all the time. So, it just makes me crazy. If people want more daylight in their lives, they can get up earlier. And if they want to stay up at night, they could go to bed later. But this back and forth with the clocks is really difficult. It's for the birds, as Patricia would say. I beg your pardon? For the birds, as you would say. For the birds, that is correct. They've actually done studies with children who are exposed to clock changes, and for about two weeks they do not do well in school. They're, they're, um, they're tired. This is the spring one. They're tired. They get... Um, they start nodding off in class. They don't learn well. They can't retain information. And it takes them about two weeks to adapt to this. I mean, that's a terrible thing to do to little kids. And I'm a little kid. That's right. T Patricia and Teeny just don't handle this very well. I know it. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, we were having fun tonight, and that got me thinking of a couple topics. One, Patricia, I know you, you're such... You're, you have a strong interest in marketing. And I was just wondering, Patricia, while we were talking with Jim about slogans and jingles and things, 
think you think they marketed items better back in the during the golden days of radio than they do today? I mean, we can still associate products and shows just by listening to them in association uh-huh. for the golden day than we do today. It, it that because why is that? I think they did a much better job of creating advertising. I'm not sure that they did a superb job in target marketing. It, it was kind of a shotgun audience, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it, my prejudices are showing when I listen to things like uh, White King laundry soap commercials, and they're telling me that laundry day is going to be not only easy, underlying easy, before washing machines, <laughs> commercial. I remember uh, Chevrolet because of the uh, baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet. And Dinosaur singing yeah. See the USA in your Chevrolet. Uh-huh. Boy, I'm remembering more stuff here. Yeah. And a lot of this stuff is up on YouTube, so it might be fun for some of our listeners, or fun for me to know that some of our listeners actually went out and looked at some of these old ads and listened to the old ads. I've got vintage advertising on my computer. Somebody please ask for it. And let us know which they think is more effective. I think that's a great question, Walden. Just just thought maybe that would, and, and I had another one, but, you know, we didn't need my other question tonight, and that's fine. That is good. Could I'll, throw, I'll throw this on the table to for people. You don't have to, now, I'm going to carry this over the next weekend, but what I've been coming to the table with tonight, and all you two are so good, and you can give us a call still, 714-545-2071. Patricia and I are going to be here. We're going to play a Fibber McGee and Molly and then come back. So if you want to listen to a show, you're welcome to, and come back and be with us after the first Fibber show. That's great. But what I was thinking of talking about tonight, what items do you hear in old-time radio that you don't see today? In other words, the rumble seat, the running board on a car. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. Um, I'm thinking, you know, I grew up in a department store hearing ding, 
You don't see that today. You hear the, when Jack Benny going shopping, mm-hmm. the bill, the old hospitals. Bing, bing, bing. You don't see, you don't see that today when you're going to a hospital. Mm-hmm. The, the telephone. The telephone today has a different ring than it did back then. How about when you mail something? When they say, send your, your quarter in a box top to Captain Midnight, Chicago, Illinois. And it was usually 10 cents, not even 25 cents. And, and they don't even give out a zip code. No, they just say send it to New York, New York. Yeah. Period. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so I, those types of things I thought would be fun to talk about. And we can, we'll carry that topic over the next weekend. But I, that's what I was coming to the table. I thought that would be something fun to think of what items do you hear on old-time radio but you don't see around today? Mm-hmm. So, just a thought. How's that? 714-545-2071. Let's run over the guest lineup over the next few Saturdays. Next Saturday, Patricia going to have to do her homework. Because our friend Martin Grahams will be on the top of the show with Patricia to talk about one of Patricia's favorite shows of all time, Information Please. And that will be a week from tonight. That is March the 20th, everybody. On Saturday, April the 10th, John Abbott, who's written a three-volume set on your truly Johnny Dollar, the radio series. Patricia will be interviewing him. On Friday... This is a Friday, April the 16th. Fibber, Mickey, and Molly will be turning 75 years. Patricia and I will be doing at least, at least a 12-hour marathon. So I hope Patricia will stay awake. <laughs> She's never had trouble before. That's right. And we're going to have three original cast members throughout the day. We're going to plan to start at 3 o'clock Eastern time that Friday, April 16th. And celebrate the birthday of Fibber McGee and Molly. Some of the guests will join us will be Robert Easton, our friend Gloria McMillan, who you heard last night. Patricia will get a chance to toss to Gloria. And the legendary radio actress, Curie Mitchell. So all three of them will join us. We'll pull out archive interview. We'll pour, Patricia will come up with her favorite Fibber McGee and Molly shows. And we'll have a, a, a great time. And then next Saturday, the 17th, Corinne Schultz, who's written a book on Fibber McGee and Molly, will be Patricia's guest. And then on May 1st, Michael Haig, who wrote a brand new book on Superman, will be with Patricia. So those are some of the guest lineups for Yesterday USA. Jimmy Weldon will be coming back on in May. And so somehow Patricia's going to have to entertain, you know, Yaki Doodle and Webster Webfoot. Webster Webfoot. Jimmy is such a special person. You say good evening, Jimmy, and then at the end of two hours, you say thank you so much for being with us. He is just so, there's a word, ebullient. He just bubbles, and it's it, it's such a joy to listen to him. I can't imagine what it's going to be like to talk with him. Yeah. So those are some of the guests lined up, and we'll do more, but that's, and then tomorrow night, everybody, at 11 o'clock Eastern, Richard Lemparski will join me live. He's the gentleman who wrote the 11-volume set, Whatever Became Of. 
to show if you were interested in movie personalities, radio personalities. He went out and found these people, interviewed them, and showed pictures of what they looked at the time he did the interview and what they looked in during the heights of their career. Also, he had a radio show out in New York for at least seven years called Whatever Became Of. So he'll join me live tomorrow night at 11 o'clock Eastern Time. So those are some of the goodies that we got planned for the station. And Monday, she loved Groucho Marx. Frank Fronte, who has the one-man show on Groucho, will be with Bill Bragg. And his website is groucholworld.com. So there we go. How about a Fibber McGee and Molly, Patricia? How about a Fibber McGee and Molly? Gosh, and I even did homework tonight. Wait till you hear. <laughs> okay, our first show is called Handwriting Analysis, and that's from February 15th, 1944. <clears throat> Excuse me, there are a couple of things that I found particularly fun, in addition to it being a really funny script. I, I enjoy the show a whole lot, but this is one of the shows where you can hear a really good laughter from the audience before Harlow Wilcox comes on and starts his beginning of the show. And Frank Brzee and Walden and I talked about that one night. Walden, was it Shirley Mitchell who said uh, that they did do some warm-up, yes. some jokes? And so the audience really was on target and laughing and having a wonderful time before the show even started. Right. And you can hear that at the beginning of almost every Fibber McGee and Molly. Now, this show has... Shirley Mitchell, who was Alice Darling, and Shirley is one of the people who will be with us on April 16th on the 75th anniversary. 75 years. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Uh, Fibber McGee and Molly. And we are still loving these shows as if they were made yesterday. Another thing that I thought was just so much fun, there's a postman, a mailman, who comes to the door, and he in addition to giving mail, is trying to sell stamps. Now, you mentioned stamps just a little while ago. Airmail, which we don't even know about anymore because everything goes airmail, an airmail stamp was six cents and regular mail was three cents. First class mail was three cents. Wow. So um, the, the, the analyst, the handwriting analysis uh, was done by mail and um, the analyst says he's got professional ability and a keen understanding of human nature and he should have been a doctor and Fibber says yeah I should have been a doctor a position and it was such a good play I and Fibber messes up his words sometimes and instead of saying physician he said position and nobody picked it up it just went sailing right through and I thought it was such a great one but Sigmund Wellington, who is played by Ransom Sherman, makes a brief appearance in here, and he is absolutely one of my favorite characters in that show. He's pretentious. He's the one who splits words in the middle and will say something like something, and he's great. He died in 1985. I didn't know anything about him, so I went out and I looked today. And I found an obituary about him. And one of them, in addition to starting people on their way, people like Jonathan Winters, he had a guest named Thomas Garrison Morfitt. Now, I know you're going to know who this is. I do, too. I know. I knew you would. Yeah. He made his debut on 
club matinee, which was uh, Ransom Sherman's show. And the station had a contest. $50 went to the person who came up with a name to rename Morfitt. That was the name of the game, rename Morfitt, Thomas Garrison Morfitt. Tell people who it is. And that's the one and only Gary Moore. Yes, that was the name that they came up with, and I thought that was just so fabulous yeah. that they would do that. I mean, it was like poor Gail Storm. You, you, you win um, the contest and you get the name. But it was Gary Moore. So uh, it was really an interesting um, obituary, if you can call an obituary interesting. It had a lot of information about him. And I, I just never heard anything about him, and I thought, you know, he's so good that he's got to have done a lot more than than uh, Mr. Wellington, and he did. One of the things that he did was um, head the, or be, be the star in, and he wrote a, a show called, do you know what it is? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know. I, there was, he did have a Domantium Sherman show, but I think it went under another title. Okay, well, this was a summer replacement for less than two months, uh, 1941, a uh, summer replacement for Fibber McGee and Molly, and the name of the show was Crestfallen Manor. I never knew that. Okay. He, he was the character of Hap Hazard. Right, Hap Hazard, yep. yep. You know that one. And it was one hotel in, it was a ramshackle hotel, actually, in, the, in a chain that was known as Stop and Flop Hotels, <laughs> which, which I think was just wonderful. And he wrote the show, it was apparently a very good show, but it was only for those two months, actually less than two months in the summer of 1941. The announcer was Harlow Wilcox, the music was by Billy Mills, there were a lot of people from Fibber McGee and Molly in it, but I was just so happy to learn that Ransom Sherman had not only actually done so many things with the talent that he had, but he apparently got a good deal of recognition, even though we don't hear a lot about him today. So, that is my tale um, for handwriting analysis from February 15th, 1944. Terrific. And we'll be back with more. With more fun and games with Patricia. So, cool. yeah, here we go. <laughs> the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. has certainly proved to be very helpful during these days when we have to take better care of our household things. Take your refrigerator, for example. A great many of you undoubtedly use Johnson's wax, probably the cream wax, to protect the outside against fingerprints, smudges, and dirt. But I wonder how many of you have discovered that you can keep the wire shelves from rusting by giving them an occasional coat of Johnson's wax. Let me read you part of an interesting letter that just arrived from a prominent businessman. Our electric refrigerator, like all others, he writes, is reaching the used stage. 
The wire shelves were rusting, and I suggested to my wife that she should clean them and give them a coat of Johnson's wax. It really worked wonders and completely stopped the rusty condition of the shelves. Well, I'm very glad to pass this man's suggestion along. Johnson's wax does protect metal surfaces against rust and corrosion. Try it on your refrigerator shelves the next time you're waxing your floors, furniture, and woodwork. If you could follow a mail carrier for one day and see the mixed emotions that he leaves in his wake, it would probably wear you out. So let's just follow the postman to one address, 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. Mersey dose, a letter for Jones, a postcard for McGee, a kiddly divey to post his due. Oh, oh, Mersey dose, and uh-uh, number 79. And dozy dozy, a little lambsy peanuts wouldn't do. Indeed, I would. Nobody asked me. <laughs> Good day, sir. Have I the extreme pleasure of speaking to Mr. Fibber McGee? You have, bud. At least I am. Are you the new mailman? Yes, I am, madam. And please let the post office department know if there's anything we could do for you. Oh, fine. We'd be glad to take a letter or postcard almost any place you say. <laughs> By the way, do you need any stamps today? No, Bob, I don't believe we do. I have know. you seen the new airmails? Very attractive and only six cents apiece. No, no, I don't think we <laughs> Well, how about some threes? I don't think any real American can have too many three-cent stamps because... Now, I'll... look, bud, skip the salesmanship. You got any mail for me? Yes, sir, I have. One letter. There you are. Oh, thanks, bud. <clears throat> hey, what are you swaying back and forth like that for? You feel dizzy? Oh, no, I'm just training myself. Huh? Someday I hope to be a railway mail clerk and just travel around like everything. Well, good day. <laughs> <laughs> ah, great personality. Yeah, reminds me of the Pony Express somehow. Around the neck, mostly. <laughs> Hey, this is the letter I've been waiting for. Who's the letter from? Woman in New York that analyzes character from your handwriting. Oh. I sent her a sample of mine several weeks ago. Oh, dear. What does she say? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. This woman is uncanny. She's got my character down perfect. Listen to this. Your signature shows definite professional ability. Amazing. <laughs> Listen. It says, your writing shows a keen understanding of human nature, a deep sympathy for your fellow man. I... Hey, where are you going, Molly? I'm going to whistle for that mailman. He gave you the wrong mail. No. <laughs> Wait a minute now. Listen to this. It says, it is to be hoped you are a physician, for you would have made an excellent one. Oh, dear. You are analytical. You have a deep insight into human nature, and you have what is more important, the common touch. You get that, Molly? I got the common touch. Well. <laughs> Why don't you study medicine, McGee? Or would you have to go back and finish high school first? <laughs> I always knew I should have been a doctor. Always wanted to be a doctor, in fact. If people could see your bedside manner when you're looking for your slippers on a cold morning, I don't think ah, they The common touch. Dr. McGee, physician and sturgeon. Now listen. <laughs> Don't start believing everything you read in your mail. To think of the years I've wasted, the lives I might have saved, the suffering I might have averted, oh. all because I never knew till now that I had it. The common touch. 
You know, McGee, I always thought you had studied medicine at one time. Did you really, Molly? What made you think so? Because of my deep analytical? No. <laughs> because no doctor has ever prescribed for you yet that you didn't give him an argument. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because they all got what they know out of books. I got it right here in the heart. If I was to ever... Oh, hello, Alice, dear. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. Good day, child. Please sit down. What's troubling you this morning? Why, nothing is troubling. Come, come, child, relax. This, you can tell me, this nervous tension is something to be avoided. Well, how can she relax when you keep staring at the child, McGee? Are you sure you're getting enough rest, my child? Enough rest? Jeepers, I get four or five hours sleep every day of the world, my dear. That's enough for anybody. For a girl her age, McGee, she's... Say, how old are you, Alice? Four going on five. Four going on five? <laughs> What's a... Oh, my birthday is February 29th, leap year day. Oh, <laughs> I have my fifth birthday this year. Ah, <laughs> oh, a five-year-old child. <laughs> well, go ahead, doctor, examine her. Maybe she's teeny. <laughs> please, ladies, please. Less levity. <laughs> we can have any less. <laughs> now, child... I want you to stop worrying. Worrying? Criminy, I'm not After worried. After all, things like this may pass off in no time at all. The main thing is to... Things watch... like what, Mr. McGee? Jeepers, Oh, I... stop scaring the girl, McGee. There's nothing the matter with her. <laughs> of course there isn't. Nothing serious, anyway. Tell me, Alice, do you have a slight feeling of hunger before meals? <laughs> well, yes, I do, but Do you I... have a sort of a tired, sleepy feeling just before you go to bed? Yes, is that very serious? When you get out of the bright sunshine, when you go out of the bright sunshine into a movie theater, does everything go black for a brief time? Gee, come to think of it, it does. Mr. McGee, is there something... Now, well, now, Alice, what's the matter? You're getting pale. I, well, I guess I don't feel very good all of a sudden. I think I'll go up and lie down. That's the best thing you can do, child. I'm afraid you've been burning the candle at both ends against the middle. <clears throat> Here, have this filled. McGee, what are you doing? You have no business writing prescriptions. But, but this is just a blank piece of paper, Mrs. McGee. Yes, that's to put your gum into. <laughs> I don't want you swallowing it when you lie down. Now run along, child, and get plenty of rest. Drink a lot of milk, and don't worry. All right, but jeepers, I feel awful. Now, McGee... What was the idea of all that? The common touch, my dear, the common touch. Cheer up the sick ones and scare the bejunior out of the healthy ones. <laughs> it's all a matter of human understanding. The common touch. And I got it. Yeah, and you can have it. <laughs> 